This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by my good friend, Dan Gillette. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right. Well, hello there. Hello there, listener, beholder, friend of the pod, however you want to name yourself. Um, This is Sean and my good, good friend, Dan, as always. And you're in luck because hold on to your seats here. It is just the two of us today, and we're excited about that. It's a little more intimate. It's it's been a while since it's just been... uh, the two of us, just the two of us. And I think it's kind of nice. You know, I think it's good every once in a while to to bring it back to basics, baby. I like it. I mean, those of you who don't know, Sean and Dan, it's like peanut butter and jelly. You just can't, you just can't <laughs> exactly. not. Yeah, so, um, you know, this week, this last Sunday, if you weren't with us on our online worship service, which, as always... Shame on you. Shame on you. I was going to say, first of all, shame... <laughs> We, as always, we hope that you do. So, you know, we, we love that you're listening to this podcast. We love that it is a supplement to everything else that's being poured into you. But, man, Sundays are just so crucial. We've, we've just been hearing about this, that we do not neglect to meet together as people. So, anyways, check out Sunday service if you missed it. If you were there, awesome. Then you know that we just started our new teaching series, which we're so excited about. And it's called The Thrill of Hope. And the subtitle for that is Weary World Rejoice. And yeah, it's just really fitting. You know, each Christmas season, we go into December and we start talking about Advent and and Jesus' incarnation. And, you know, it's usually centered around these ideas of hope and peace and and light and joy. But just for some reason, for a lot of people, I think that those those themes really hit home more this year. You know, I think a lot of us have just grown weary (laughs) with everything going on with COVID and just the, the, the length of how this year has turned out to be. And so... Yeah, we're really excited about this teaching series because we think that almost more than ever for a lot of people, uh, we need a little extra dose of, of hope and joy in our lives uh, this Christmas season. So that said, um, yeah, we just thought we'd talk about it a little bit. Again, you know, we just started the series, so it's kind of more uh, surfacey with, with what we're going to be diving into uh, each week here. But before we do that, um, Dan, we haven't seen each other since uh, Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving, man? Oh man, it's silly that we haven't seen each other. But by the way, but Thanksgiving was great. We uh, we got a chance to have some really nice family time and to do some things that are kind of a little more service oriented. So we we made some. So I say we very loosely. Uh, <laughs> Emily and her mom and 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 her dad did all most of the work. I was hanging with with the kiddos a lot, um, but. We got to bring some care packages to some family members that didn't feel comfortable gathering together because of COVID. So it was really cool to to be able to do that and to visit some folks and, and encourage them. And yeah, so it was super, super beneficial, fruitful. I got an opportunity just to to talk with a, a lot of different, you know, family members and and uh, just share what, you know, what God's been doing and, and what we're grateful for. And, and I just think it's so important because there's, as you said, there's, there's, and as we all know, uh, there's a lot of things going on in the world that I think are distractions to 
Thanksgiving and, and, and just gratitude in general. And so to be able to, to focus on the good that God is doing and what's, um, you know, the blessings that we have that he's given us, I think is really powerful. And, and then to be able to speak those out and, and not, not just have an attitude of gratitude, but to actually say in prayers and, um, as a declaration to others, what God has been doing. So a lot of opportunity to do that. And then, yeah, it was, it was great. And then as per, per tradition, 2020 can't stop us, uh, per tradition, we went and chopped down a Christmas tree. We, me and, uh, Emily and the kids, we always go the day after Thanksgiving and, uh, we drive out to this, uh, little, little farm out in, uh, off Redwood road in Castro Valley. And it's really cool. It's like this, you know, it's in the Canyon and it's kind of off this just dirt road and, and it feels a little kind of wild. Like you're out there in, in, you know, in the Canyon and the Ridge right there and, and, uh, kind of hunt through all the different, all the different plots. And we found, we found the tallest Christmas tree that we've ever had. Wow. It just barely fit in our house. And, uh, it was, it was just a really sweet, fun time. Kids got to help chop it down, threw it in the back of the truck, got all the uh, obligatory photo ops and, uh, and we, we decorated it and yeah, it was just great. So, so it's already, Christmas has arrived in the Gillette house. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm kind of bummed that I missed out getting to watch you guys carry that up the staircase to get to your living room. Oh, it was, a, it was a little bit of a nightmare. It's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, you know, for us, uh, I actually shared this last week, but you know, Patty and I have like a million cousins in the Tri-Valley or cousins of cousins. And so traditionally on Thanksgiving, you know, we do this big old thing and, you know, Patty's three or four or five cousins are with us and all their kids and spouses. And so it's just this picture of like family, you know, there's like nieces and nephews running everywhere. And I love that, um, at those gatherings. And so this year was really different and it was kind of a trip, you know, like of course for important reasons and all that good stuff, but it was a lot smaller of a gathering this year. Um, we just saw Patty's parents and then we saw, uh, Patty's sister's family and yeah, it was just different. I mean, still sweet in different ways. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely found myself missing that part of it more than I, I really expected. You know, uh, I think sometimes we think of these big family gatherings as like draining, or totally, yeah. You know, maybe you're you're worried about having to deal with the ant with the Jello salad or whatever whatever it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, then you look back and you miss you miss being bugged by the ant with the Jello salad. You know, you kind of you kind of miss those little fun things that make family what they are, and so. All I have to say, I wasn't bummed at all or anything like that, but I am really, really excited for next year to do a bigger than normal gathering just to come back with a vengeance, if you know what I mean. I like it. I um, like it. Oh, and I wonder if anyone listening can relate to this. We we were kind of reflecting, you know, as as we were do, doing it a little differently this year, it, just how uh, <clears throat> less stressful it was, though, right? I mean, just to look on the bright side, yeah. right? Just. Obviously, of course, we would love to be around everybody, but um, it was nice to kind of just go at our own pace and not have to start eating at any particular time. And and just it was a lot more low key and relaxed. Mm -hmm. So that that was a blessing for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Patty had to do way less cooking than normal and all that good stuff, which was which was great. Um, And then, yeah, you know, we don't. I think that, you know, you guys know we have a kid on the way. I think as our child or children grow up, we'll start getting into more of a rhythm with like a 
super consistent routine and tradition. Like you guys, you do your Christmas chop, tree chopping. But, you know, in years past, Patty and I have been day after Thanksgivingers typically with Christmas decorations. But this year, and I don't think we're alone, I looked around and so many people were doing their Christmas decorations like weeks and weeks ago. I, think they're I just, saw that too. Yeah, they're just ready for it. They're ready for a change. Either that or people just don't have anything else to do. Yeah, they're just bored. <laughs> they're tired. Um, <laughs> it's highly, highly likely. Yeah, so we did that too. We set up a couple weeks before Thanksgiving and we uh, loved it. We're glad to have all the stuff up there. That said, uh, yeah, it was a really busy weekend for us because we Thursday was Thanksgiving. Friday, we did some filming for that Thrill of Hope video that we made for Sunday. And then Saturday and Sunday, we were filming an elopement in Joshua Tree. So it was just like, go, 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 go. So now I feel like I'm finally like on holiday now <laughs> after that blitz. I love it, dude. I love it. And uh, let me just brag on you, on Sean for a second. Oh, no. You know, I don't know if you guys got a chance to to just watch that that video that helped get us ready for our new series and it just was he did he he recorded an you know an original song Stop. he did the voiceover he did all the filming all the editing and it just dude it was so high level it was so amazing and i just i just think uh it's i don't want to take you for granted cuz you you're you're super talented and and just a grinder dude and you did such a good job with that it was it it really just helped us i think capture the wonder of this season and so you crushed it bro you're, nailed you're it you're too kind brother Behold, everybody, the greatness of Sean. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I hate it. Anyways, oh. yeah, but but for reals, if you missed that video, uh, it's on our YouTube page. I think Heather's going to put it on the Instagram this week. So, yeah, just check it out. Not to toot my horn, but just to get yourself ready for this uh, Thrill of Hope series. Well, yeah, and one of the things I really loved about Sunday Service is that we had a lot of different contributors. We had We had a bunch of different families that were in that video. We had the Bowens that hosted the Santoros did an amazing job sharing our first week of Advent, just talking about, about hope and, and how the hope of the Lord has been getting them through this, this really hard time. And it was just so cool just to see their, their, their boys and, and just the, man, it was just really, really sweet. They put that together for us. So, so just cool to, 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 it was a very collaborative service this last week. Don't you think? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And if, if you're listening and you haven't done anything like that before, like helped with an advent or helped do hosting or announcements, whatever that is, uh, man, we just want to encourage you. That is so like deeply life-giving to us. And I think to our whole church body, there's just something about when someone's role is like ministry leader or a pastor or whatever it is. I don't know what it is about that, but people have this like mental disconnect of like, oh, well, they're a pastor. They have to do those things. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody who isn't in one of those specific roles does those things, man, it is so encouraging. It's such a, such an evidence of everything we talked about in the together series that we're really all, we're doing church together. We're all doing this. We're all in it. And so, yeah, I was so encouraged and I'm excited for the rest of December for more opportunities like that, um, with our various people. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, maybe we should, uh, kind of shift gears a little bit and get into just talking about some of the stuff that Gary walked us through on, on Sunday as he introduced this series. And, and I, I love the title at, at the top of the message notes, the glory of Jesus. And man, if that, if that is, uh, not a, a good summary for the Christmas season, I don't, I don't know what is right. That it's just, to, I always think about this this Advent time and this Christmas season is just 
making a big deal about Jesus and, and just celebrating the wonder and the miracle of the, of the incarnation. So, so, um, I know we want, we want to spend some time talking about one of the reflection questions that really, uh, you know, stuck with, stuck out to us, but maybe before we do that, I don't know, what are some things, Sean, that, that were good for you just to, to listen to and, you know, Gary did this, this kind of cool way of organizing it with these questions, right? Can we be absolutely certain of Jesus's full undiluted deity? Can we then revel, you know, get excited about Jesus when confronted with his incarnation? So what did you get out of the, out of that? Anything kind of land with you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, um, like you, I think I normally associate Christmas season with, you know, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Um, and it's funny because we, we do that also throughout the rest of the year with all of our teaching series is always comes down to Jesus and, and him coming, but yes, feel something feels special about the incarnation, you know? So in, in walking through what Gary walked through with these questions, I found myself really appreciating, um, just the process. And, you know, I think for a lot of people listening and a lot of people on Sunday, these questions and these answers aren't like surprises, you know, like for most people who attend church and call themselves Christians, it's not a shocker that Jesus is God. You know, it's not a shocker for them that God came to the earth. They've, they've most people and not always, but most people have heard those things before myself included, but still going through it again and just really being intentional about stopping and, and really just chewing that cud for a little bit of, Man, we say this every single Christmas, but then really just sit there and and reflect on just the utmost and and absoluteness of how Jesus is God. He is undiluted deity. I love the way that he phrased that. Um, and and I think when you do that process and do that reflecting, it kind of gives you perspective. You know, it's so easy to kind of take the back burner and it's like, yeah, we know, we know Jesus is God. We know that he yada, yada, yada. But again, just beholding that, uh, when you, when you take time to behold that and renew your mind in it, uh, God just gives you perspective. And I think the Holy spirit moves. So in, in that whole process in processing Jesus's deity and processing what it really, just the miracle of that deity then coming to the earth, I just found so encouraging and beneficial. And yeah, just kind of set my mind and heart up well for, this coming month. Yeah, absolutely. And this, this, this is so, so good to, to, to just kind of spin off into a lot of different things. And when we think about the big events in redemptive history, the, the the incarnation, I mean, is just, it's so monumental. And I was reading today just about the, all the prophecies from the old Testament that, foretold of the Messiah's coming. Mm-hmm. And there, um, by some counts there, there are, uh, you know, almost 110, 108 is what I, what I found today. Um, and that, that number, we may need to get some fact checkers on that and see, <laughs> but, but there, you know, let's just say some, let's just say it's a hundred, right? Well, there's, um, there's this, uh, kind of renowned, uh, mathematics and astronomy professor from, from the 1950s, Peter Stoner. You guys, you, you ever heard of this mm-hmm. guy, Peter Stoner? Yeah. <laughs> Which is just a killer name by the way. Um, but he, he kind of did some research, you know, back in the fifties. And what he concluded is that even if a small percentage, he said, he said about eight of those, uh, hundred some odd prophecies 
came to pass that it's, it's like the, the, the probability of that happening by chance, as opposed to the work of God is, is just eight, just eight out of those a hundred is like, um, this crazy, it's like one in 100 quadrillion percent chance of this, of this happening and Jesus fulfilling that. And, um, and then I was just, you know, thinking about uh, Isaiah seven, where even just the, the miraculous circumstances of, of the, um, uh, of how Mary came to, to be pregnant with Jesus. Right. Um, it's just, it's just so wonderful and miraculous. And I think sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle of the season. And so just, um, I don't know, just, I think my, my prayer, just like what Gary was talking about is that we would behold this, this glory of God as we look at Jesus. And what's cool is that that will have influence on our life. It's not just, Oh, cool, man. It's so, it's such a great intellectual exercise to think about Jesus. Uh, it, it is for sure, but, but it will have an effect in the way that we live and not just marginally, not just behavior modification. Second Corinthians chapter three says it will transform us and little by little we will become more like Jesus. Oh, Amazing, right? Amen. Yeah. I love that you brought up, um, Peter Stunner because he, he wrote this book. I don't remember when it, when it was, I think it was like forties or fifties. It was called science speaks. And, um, like you said, he's a renowned scientist and, um, his book kind of like the premise of it is, you know, uh, before his time, like hundred years before him, 50 years before him, there was all of these discrepancies between modern science findings and the Bible in Genesis one. And that was a problem for a lot of people. But then he goes through and like one by one as science progresses, because that's one thing about modern science is that they're always on this, this path of learning and science is totally unafraid to say, nope, what we thought before was totally wrong. Here's the new truth, you know? And so in his book, Science Speaks, he goes through and just all these examples of how at one point scientists thought something and they use that as an attack against scripture, but then one by one they fall in line and all of a sudden all of these scientific discoveries are bringing things more and more into alignment with what the Bible says. Um, and then a big part of that, like you said, has to do with the, the, the mathematics and the prophecies behind Jesus and like other historical contexts. So maybe we'll link you in the show notes. Science speaks, um, forewarned it's a thick read, but it, it's a, it's a cool one for sure. Maybe get the cliff notes version. Yeah. Get the, get the cliff notes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you kind of, like you said, like, it's just, Again, I think that we we often take time to celebrate Christmas, you know? I think a lot of us get so excited about Christmas lights and trees and presents and all those things. Um, but then, you know, this is so cliche, but we forget the reason for the season. We forget mm-hmm. how just incredibly miraculous it really is. You know, I shared the other week about how I, I felt it was so miraculous watching my, my baby being grown in my wife's belly right now. It's amazing. That on its own is so incredible for me. But then I can't even, my brain cannot even comprehend the idea of that process with Jesus. Yeah. Not only just the miracle of birth on its own, but the miracle of God himself sending his son. It's just, it's poof. Like that, just that process again of beholding is just such a, such a reality check, but in a, in a healthy way, you know? 
Yeah, and it, and it reminds me of of Gary's third point under his third question there. You know, because because Gary was encouraging us, man. If we think about this stuff, it will get us pumped up, mm-hmm. right? If we actually if we actually engage with it on a head level and a heart level, we will revel. In, you know, when we think about Jesus's incarnation. But his third point in there it comes from uh, Hebrews chapter two, which is just such an amazing section of scripture. But verse 17, uh, just Christ was compelled to take on the full humanity. So it says, it says he had to be, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. So you think about your wonderful, beautiful daughter growing in Patty's womb and you think about Jesus going through that same process of development in Mary's womb. And it brings into it to focus this, this truth that, that Jesus went through every human experience that, that we could, that, that, that we've gone through. And he did that. He had to do that. He was compelled to do that so that he could understand our, our, our plight, right? Mm-hmm. He could understand like the struggle and the weakness and the temptation and, and just the, um, you know, just kind of the, the struggle, you know, the struggle is real. Jesus felt it in every way. And so it uniquely positioned him to be a merciful and faithful high priest and, um, and to make propitiation for the sins, which it's such a cool word. Gary, Gary explained that as the, the satisfaction of the righteous anger or, or wrath of God. So, so, so God has in, in his perfect justice, he has to, um, have, anger and wrath towards, uh, evil and, and sinfulness. And when, when his law is broken in order for him to be just, he has to be a God of wrath. So Jesus came in and he satisfied that for us. And he was only able to do that by taking on our humanity because God can't die. Right. So it's just, it just, it should blow us away. Right. It should, it should just wow us. Yeah. Amazing. And it reminds me of like earlier in Hebrews too, just, it's just crazy to think about just with our brains, our little human brains and how normally for us motivation is I do this because I'm going to get this, you know, and the idea of humility and selflessness, all these things are so counter to, to our worldly nature. And of course, Jesus helps us with that. But then thinking about, you know, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh was crowned with glory and honor, not while he did these things, not while he suffered, but he was crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of mm. death. That That's why yeah. like you said that he had to do these things. And because he suffered and went through all these things, that's why he is crowned with glory and honor. And it's by God's grace that now he did that for all of us. So yeah, it's just amazing and humbling, isn't it? Oh, no, no doubt. No doubt. And, and it makes us just grateful and then just, just want to kind of like that, um, Philippians chapter two thing is just to have the same mind of Christ, right? To, and I think it's super important during the holiday season, just to, to have this attitude that, you know, Christ didn't, um, (laughs) he, he had every right because he was fully God. He had every right to be served and to demand of, of people, certain things. And, but he, he, he laid that aside. He humbled himself and he, and he took on our form and he was obedient to the father, even to the point of death. And Paul's telling us in that passage, have that same attitude that, that was, that Christ had. 
And then you see this amazing uh, kind of arc where it's like, yeah, Jesus made himself low when, when he, when he, you know, came at the incarnation, Mm -hmm. but because he, he had this ministry and because he, he was the propitiation for our sins, God has now given him the name that is above every other name. And at that name, every, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. So just kind of a, a cool, you know, um, it's a cool explanation of, of the arc of that. And then Paul says, have that same attitude, you know, follow that basically in terms of humility, Jesus is, is the model and we're to follow that. Amen. Amen. And I think that's a a reoccurring theme. We're going to hear a lot for the rest of December is, um, Jesus being the model and us following that as we navigate life, you know, as we said before, as, as, spouses and parents and workers and students, whatever your arena is, um, the amazing thing is that, you know, Jesus's humility and transformation is universal. You know, it's available to all of us and it Mm. is totally constant. I was just thinking about how just cool it is, how on, on one hand, this theme of, you know, the, the centrality of Jesus and then outwardly just bleeding into every aspect of our life. That's a really reoccurring theme here on Behold and really in scripture. And you know, on one hand, I was thinking, man, if this was like a, a TV show or something, people would get sick of it, you know? Like, oh, the plot's the same. <laughs> yeah. But right, it's just right. so amazing that in actuality, it is it is a constant for us in our entire lives as Christians. And, and we don't need to guess. You know, we don't need to guess what to do in life. God has given us answers through his son, Jesus. And so because of that, I, I'm encouraged. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's like if we were a band... We'd be a one hit wonder yeah, right? <laughs> and that would be our, that would be our hit. And it's like, just play it again, Sean, play it again. But, but it's, it's, it's a beautiful hit, mm-hmm. right? It's like the, the greatest hit of all time. So with that in mind, um, we thought we'd end um, this discussion today by focusing on that hit um, and really on an individual level. So like, yeah, if you look at the message notes on uh, number six there, Gary, encourage us to do just that. To, to really be centering on and focusing on and, and beholding this one hit wonder, the glory of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And to do that based on some of those verses that he referenced uh, in his message. So Colossians 1, second, or Hebrews 2. Um, so, so Dan, what, what's one way that you want to try to do that this week? Yeah, so I've kind of I've already been doing it. Wow. Um, so extra, extra points for me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was yesterday or, or uh, Monday. I can't remember, but... Just in my um, in my prayer time in the morning, I was was drawn to Colossians one, and one of the things just kind of I'll give you a, just a little window into some just a prayer of my heart lately in my in my for my family and in my home is just I, I feel like God's been giving me just this word peace, and um, I'm sure a lot of families can relate to this right now, but. Uh, with the, with the added time at home with our family, it's been really sweet. It's been a huge blessing for sure. But along with that is just more opportunities for our kids to be at each other's throats <laughs> and for uh, our kids to, to just kind of wear on us as mom and dad. And so one thing we've just been really trying to encourage our kids is, is just uh, when we make peace, we're blessed, right? Jesus said, blessed, blessed are the peacemakers. And, um, and so just as, as I was reflecting on Colossians 1, I, I just was, was just drawn to verses um, 
or just verse 20 really. So it says, uh, well, I guess it probably makes more sense to start from 19. It says for, um, for in him, in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, which we've been talking about amazing reality. And then verse 20 says, and through him to reconcile to himself, all things. So through Christ, who God was fully dwelling in, God reconciled all things to him, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Mm. And I just, I was really just dwelling on that, that phrase, all things. Um, and, and obviously when we're talking about the cross and we're talking about the sacrifice that, that Jesus made in laying his life down, I think the, the immediate ram or uh, implications of that are, uh, Jesus brought salvation to the world and, and basically restored the broken relationship between God and man that sin had created. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that's, that is certainly true as, as a primary reality, but, but it, it has ripple effects and, and just that phrase, all things that, that, and, and we're, we're living in this tension right now it, as, as in, you know, in 2020, we are in redemptive history, you know, from creation to fall to redemption to, to, to consummation. So we're like in between redemption and, and consummation. So, so a lot of Jesus's promises have been fulfilled. A lot of God's promises have been fulfilled already, but there's, there's many things that we're waiting for either to be fully uh, revealed or fully, you know, come to pass or some things that haven't even started yet. And so while we're living in that, in that, in that time, I just think, there's all this unfolding and, and rippling that, that the peace that Jesus made at the cross, he wants that peace to like spread out into every corner of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so just as I've been thinking about like beholding the glory of Jesus in Colossians one, and then thinking about what transformation I'd like the spirit of God to produce in my life. I've just been really thinking about the peace that Jesus secured at the cross, like just seeping into every corner of my home. And, in, you know, just, praying, I've been praying a lot, like for, for me just to, um, to make sure that I'm, I'm teaching my kids about that peace and, and, and helping them learn how to, to lean on God's strength to, so that they can be peacemakers. Right. And then just modeling that and, and in, in the language I use and the, the, how I speak to them and, and then really, really, really just praying, just getting on my knees and just praying that God would change their hearts and, and I don't want to make it sound like it's just like, like World War three in our house all the time. But, um, but I'm just, you know, I, I just notice there's these, um, these outbursts or there, there's these, uh, these moments of like selfishness or, um, lack of restraint. And I just, man, I don't want to settle for that. I don't, I don't want to have a house that is, I want to have a house that is full of like the peace of God. So that's what I've been, um, really focusing on. And, and it's just cool because, I think when we, there's a, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, but there's a real difference between behavior modification and transformation. We can, like, I can do some things in my house to, to kind of like force the issue. You know, it's like, we will have peace, you know? Um, I think you guys can, you guys can all kind of imagine what that might look like. Um, but that's not, that's not ultimately going to have the effect that, that I think God's put on my heart. Um, the, the kind of change that I want to see in my, in my life is, is a total, 
you know, transformation in whatever area I'm working is like, I want my life on my home. I want, I want every aspect of who I am to be more like Jesus from one degree of glory to the next. Right. And what's so cool about that is we don't have to make that transformation happen. That transformation, like we learned about in second Corinthians chapter three, that transformation is just a result of a process. What is the process? Beholding the glory of God. Mm. So, so as we behold the glory of God in the face of Christ in our own personal lives, then the transformation will just, it'll just pop up like fruit growing on a tree. And to me, that has been so peaceful. It's been so like, um, it takes the pressure off. I don't have to force the issue. I, I just have to make sure I'm beholding Jesus and the, the transformation will come. That's amazing. And I appreciate you, Dan. I think people listening to do also, um, just your vulnerability and your realness. And I think a lot of people, those parents out there, I'm sure are dealing with a lot of the same things. Um, and even if you're not a parent, like spouses too, it's the same kind of thing. You know, we, we have an opportunity or roommates or, roommates, or whatever, siblings, whatever, whatever it is. Right? Like there's always that there's, there's that surface level we can fix. We can bandaid what's happening right now, or we can go to the root. Um, and that's always going to be an issue. Like you said, Dan, of, of transformation, not just modification. Um, and yeah, you know, something that resonated with me as you were sharing that kind of identifies with what I'm working on right now in, in beholding Jesus is, you know, just you described that process of, of, of turning to Jesus and, and how it bleeds into every aspect of our lives and um, not just your Sunday aspect of your life or not just your small group aspect mm. of your life. Right. And one thing that's just kind of struck me or that I've been reminded of as I think about this is um, just God's goodness in correcting this kind of lie or this trap that that we, we get into this way of thinking that, that makes us feel like we have to choose. You know, I have to choose between pursuing my career or pursuing Jesus, or I have to choose between, you know, having my kids in four different sports or leading them mm. in a godly way or whatever it is. Um, mm. And I'm, I'm reminded in that first part of Second Corinthians 3, before he talks about that process of transformation and beholding the glory of the Lord, he says, now the Lord is the spirit and, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's like one of the best verses, like in the whole Bible, I think. Amazing. Where the spirit of the Lord is, <laughs> there is freedom. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and I think in that, you know, we have freedom, like you said, in, in every aspect of our lives, we don't have to choose. In fact, we're, we're told not to choose. We're, we're told that, don't choose in, in doing this and making sure that Jesus is central. Every aspect is going to benefit, not just the Sunday part, not just the praying part, mm. but every part of your life will benefit when you are in alignment and, and in closeness with Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, with that, I've just been thinking a lot about um, those different parts of my life, everything I'm involved with, you know, my, my, my marriage, my business, my, I own a business if you didn't know. My, my job here at the church, my role as, as a ministry leader and a pastor and all those things. And, um, you know, in, in, in thinking about that, you know, I'll back up a little bit, you know, in staff we're going, or we, we have gone through, um, just temptation and Satan's tactics and how he works. And as part of that, you know, we studied the, the first part of James four, and it just kind of struck a chord with me about, you know, he says like, man, you guys are fools. The reason why you're dealing with this crap 
sorry, forgive my, my French there, is because <laughs> your passions are at war within you. Because your passions are at war with you. And then later on, he, yeah. he, he calls us out. He says, you double-minded. And, and uh-huh. I don't want to be that way. You know, I don't want to be that way with Jesus. And like you said, like, it's so easy for us to compartmentalize how we are in the world with, with how we are with, at church and with Jesus. And, you know, I find myself frequently based on the social arena that I'm in at that time or the work setting or what, if I'm shooting a wedding, whatever it is, you know, I kind of go into this like mode of I'm going to like emulate and like plug into wherever I am at that moment kind of thing. Mm. Like, oh, if I'm in shooting a wedding, I'm going, I'm in videographer mode and I'm like, I have this op- mode of operation. It's kind of like compartmentalized. Yeah, a little, little bit. bit. I think a lot of us yeah. do that. I think a lot of us have these modes or, oh, when I'm watching a football game at a bar with a friend, I have this certain pattern of behavior, you know, that maybe is different than when I'm at a small group at someone's house or something like that. And, you know, on one hand, I don't want to say that that's bad because it's not, you know, like we just said, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. But that's the important thing is where the spirit of the Lord is the spirit of the Lord there with you. Are you seeking him in these different arenas and different moments? And, and I'm convicted that sometimes I'm not. And I think a lot of us are in that same way that maybe in our workplaces, or like I said, in certain social gatherings, we just aren't thinking about that, you know, and, and before mm-hmm. we know it, our passions are, are, are at war within us. And so, like you said, I just don't want to give Satan that foothold. I don't want to give him the yeah. opportunity. And um, so one thing I've been doing just in pursuit of that, you know, I was reading through the Psalms recently, and I think in Psalm 4, it's just this little phrase and it said, you know, when you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. And I don't know about you guys, but typically when I'm in bed, I'm not in this really reflective moment, you know, I'm either like reading something on my phone or reading like an article or something and then I'm going to sleep. And so I've tried to be more intentional about getting in bed and searching my heart, seeing if my passions are at war within me, if I'm being double-minded and already, you know, God's been faithful to, to convict me and correct me, to, to gently scold me as a loving father like he is. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that's so crucial in that process of beholding Jesus that, you know, I think this, the, the, the step one there is like we said, appreciating Jesus's deity to just appreciate the magnificence of him coming to the earth and living as a human. But then I think step two is what does that mean in my life? You know, what are the different parts of my life that that should be affecting? And, and are they, you know, and if they're not, why not? Um, and so that's what I've been trying to do, uh, recently, and I will continue to do for the rest of December and hopefully after that, but especially during Christmas season, it's just, uh, it's like I said this last week, but during Christmas season, I feel like the fruit is like ripe for the picking. It's low hanging yeah. fruit for us to turn things to Jesus. Yeah, I think that's good. And all of that reminds me of Galatians five and Paul starts that section by saying kind of, kind of a weird statement, but, but it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So so don't don't go ahead and 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 turn back to to slavery, which then he goes on to explain that is like when we live by our flesh, which is kind of like what you're talking about. It's like okay, well I'm doing work now, or you know I'm I'm dealing with this family member. I was just talking with somebody who uh, had had a couple deaths in the in the family this this last couple of weeks, and and it's like dealing with all the the estate plant you know stuff. There it wasn't really in order. And so there's just, there's all this stuff going on, whether it's that, or it's, it's buying gifts for people or it's cooking or cleaning or whatever it is you have to do. Like, am I doing that in the flesh? 
or am I doing what Paul is, is telling us to do? And I, am I staying in step with the spirit? Because, because obviously if we're, if we're been, if we've been immersed in Christ, then we have the Holy spirit living and dwelling within us. God has poured his love into our hearts by giving us his Holy spirit. And, but, but there's a difference between that and then staying in step with the spirit, walking in the spirit mm-hmm. and, and the, the desires of the spirit are contrary to the desires of the flesh. And so if we, if we're just get up every day and we go to bed every night and all throughout the day, we're just saying, okay, Holy spirit, like, like um, it's a dance, you know, I want to stay, I want to stay like where you go, I want to go. And I, I want to be, um, in step with your desires. Then I won't want to be in the flesh. I won't want to compartmentalize my life. And, and he says the, the fruit of that is, is, is evident just like the fruit, the fruit of, of our sin, sin nature and the flesh is evident, but also the, the fruit of, of walking in step with the spirit is evident. He says, it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And he says, there, there's no law against these things. These things, are, this is the freedom that, that Christ has, has, has set us free to walk in and man, when we, when we're participating with the Holy Spirit's work in our life and letting him drive our desires, that's what we're going to experience. And doesn't that sound a lot like the kind of Christmas we want, right? Like Amen. peace and joy and, and, and goodness. And you know what I mean? Like it's very, uh, fitting, I think for this season. Absolutely. And, you know, just, just thinking about that, Yeah, you know, sometimes we'll say this on the podcast or on Sundays, like, oh, this is the, the Christian calling card, you know, and it's typically <laughs> about matters of behavior and like us being able to demonstrate peace in situations. But how much more so is that like so just crucial right now? You know, the whole, the whole United States, not everyone in the world, but a lot of the world on Christmas season and in Christmas season, they feel obligated to promote these things, joy and peace and hope. So how much more of like a missed opportunity is it if we're not demonstrating those things in our different arenas? You know, if, yeah. if, if, if the world is singing Christmas songs and a lot of them are singing songs about Jesus and the world is printing out mugs that say hope and joy on them or whatever it is. <laughs> and, and then we're walking around grumbling or just with bad attitudes or focusing away from Jesus. Like it's not, it's not just us missing our Christian calling card, but it's actually us being a bad witness to Jesus. There's a potential there for someone to look at me and say, wow, this is how a Christian lives in Christmas season. Isn't this their reason for the season or whatever that looks like, you know? And it's all to say, like, that doesn't mean we're not human and we don't go through stuff, but I just want to encourage you guys like, man, like Dan said, and like, like Gary said on Sunday, this stuff should be firing us up. This should be getting, yeah. We should be getting pumped here. So man, I hope that maybe Dan's and maybe mine is an encouragement to you and you can take a beat off that if you need help, but maybe you have your own way and we'd love to hear that. Um, but just how are you this week? going to be intentionally beholding Jesus and not just this blanket Jesus, but Jesus, the deity, Jesus, the, the incarnate Jesus, Jesus who died and rose again for us, Jesus, triumphant savior, all these different parts of him and and how that then has ramifications in your life, in your role, no matter who you are. If you're married with 12 kids, if you're 12 years old and single, it doesn't matter. You know, Jesus's transformation is, is there for all of us. And so, yeah, we're just excited for this week as you do that process. And then also just for the rest of December, as we all as a church family 
engage with this and, and do this in this this teaching series called Thrill of Hope. Um, again, if you missed that, go ahead and check it out on our Instagram or on YouTube because we think it'll it'll help set your heart and mind well for the coming series. Um, so, Dan, that is enough said for me. Take us home, buddy. Yeah. Hey, we love you, beholders. Thank you so much for just spending this time with us. And as always, we pray that you are built up and encouraged. And as always, if you want to share something that God's doing in your life, or you have a question or you need support in any way, you can always reach out to to us at uh, vbc.online slash behold. And um, if the show has been helpful and a blessing to you, share it with a friend. Otherwise, hey, have a great week and we'll see you guys on Sunday. God bless. See you guys. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.